This Dharma talk by Joan Sutherland, sheltering in an old shrine, was given at the Desert Sunrise Retreat in Arizona on February 16th, 2011. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. Um, so I was thinking about, about talking about something which is a kind of um, explanation, the Zen idea of an explanation, which is kind of a joke. Um, and, and what came to me was an old thing that James Thurber wrote, uh, very, very brief, very wonderful. It's in one of his stories, and it is, Shut up, he explained. <laughs> And I thought, well, that's not bad for, for retreat. Shut up, she explained. <laughs> um, and then this is, another, this is another explanation. This is one of those strange and kind of beautiful and mysterious Zen explanations. In, in regard to something, one of the ancients, one of the old teachers said, on the way to a service in the village, I ran into a wild storm of wind and rain and sheltered myself in an old shrine. And if shut up, he explained, is a pretty good instruction for a retreat like this, this idea of being in the midst of life, on my way to the village to perform a service, on the way to the supermarket, as I was sitting at my desk at work, in the middle of the night, I ran into a wild storm of wind and rain happens in our lives all the time and I sheltered myself in an old shrine that seems like a pretty good description of a retreat we shelter ourselves in an old shrine together so what's the shrine it's that we're doing something that people have been doing for thousands and maybe tens of thousands of years it's that we do it in a particular way that one of the reasons that we do we have forms and we um, make bells mean certain things and sit a certain way and don't do other things is because all of that is a kind of architecture of our retreat um, it's a way of, of building a, a field building a building in which we can sit without having to think too much about anything at all. So I would encourage you to see it that way, to see our forms as a kind of architecture of the old shrine, rather than as a restriction, as something in which we can take shelter. What does it mean to take that kind of shelter moment by moment by moment in the architecture of these ancient forms that people have been doing for such a long time? So when we do them, we enter this long lineage of people who have been doing just this for a very long time. And the other thing I was thinking about the shrine is how many times some of us have sat in a rectangle like this, that this rectangular shape made of human beings sitting on cushions is perhaps our most fundamental shrine. And what's just behind us, you know, doesn't matter. We've sat so many different places under so many different circumstances in different states, in different countries, in different weathers. Um, and 
and here and here it is here is the shrine this simple rectangle of people deciding to come and sit down facing each other in the presence of each other and um, to do this great work of sheltering so I wanted to talk about some of the the elements of that once we have sheltered once we have gotten here and made the commitment to spend the time what do we do? well one way to think about what we're doing in this old shrine is that we are welcoming the noble guest what is the noble guest? well that's a question I put to each of you as something to hold during this retreat for you what is the noble guest in this retreat what is that the simplest way to talk about the noblest the noble guest is to say that everything that happens to you everything you experience is the noble guest and that includes your boredom and your frustration and the difficult feelings that arise and um, the uh, reactions you have to things all of that is the noble guest and what happens if we don't turn it away what happens if we welcome it it also means all of the moments of grace that open all of the moments where we see we get a glimpse of the radiant world that is just inside this world that too certainly is the noble guest so how do we prepare for that how do we make this shrine and ourselves ready to welcome that guest Tenny mentioned how we often talk about the fasting that happens in a retreat um, it's one of the, the great ways you can fast is fast from all of your usual preoccupations, worries, obsessions, concerns um, ways you spend your time, distractions you know the list judgments, opinions, uh, stories operas <laughs> epic poems <laughs> all of those things fast from them you can pick them up again on Sunday if you want to but what would it be like to put them down to not eat them to not indulge in them that's one kind of renunciation and fasting that we can do that helps us prepare for the noble guest um, there's a beautiful line in Dungshan's poem of the five positions the five different relationships between um, the vastness and the particular and it begins for whom do you bathe and make yourself beautiful that's a great question to go into a retreat with for whom do you bathe and make yourself beautiful who is that noble guest for you and what does it mean to bathe and make yourself beautiful one um, clue I'll suggest is that that beauty we are talking about is not a matter of adornment it's not a matter of adding things or trying to um, cover things up 
it's a matter of stripping away of getting more simple of becoming even as naked as it's possible for us to be the more simple the more stripped down um, the more beautiful we become in the terms of this practice and the more able we are to welcome the noble guest just because there isn't so much between us and them just because we make ourselves available by making ourselves simple We spoke of the silence. You might think of the silence as a noble guest. You might think of silence not as the absence of conversation or other kinds of um, noise, but as the presence of something. When we are silent, that's part of the fasting. It's part of the getting simple, the stripping away and the noble guest can come right up to us because we are not putting out a force field of words around us. So the silence is the presence of that, the presence of the noble guest who maybe we could think of also as the vastness itself which is just waiting for us to stop long enough to come say hello (laughs) just waiting for us to shut up she explained and whoosh in it comes to where it always was but we just weren't noticing it Um, another thing that the silence can do is cause us to realize that there is a deliberate fasting of the senses that happens in a retreat. Uh, We keep our eyes down. We lower the amount of visual information we're we're receiving. As we sit here, we don't have a bowl of M&Ms next to us. We we restrict our our sense of taste. We ask people not to smell good or smell in any way in particular so that 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 sense also is lowered. Everything is kind of dimmed. We don't touch things when we sit. Um, and because we don't, you know, just the feel of the cushion underneath us can become exquisite because touch is so rare. But in, in lowering the, um, the intensity of all of those things, there's one sense that we can't dim, and that is our hearing. Our ears are just there, and they're just receiving, and that's going on, and there isn't anything we can or should do about that one of the things that the fasting of the other senses does and the silence does is allow us to um, use our hearing as a kind of gateway to to the vast world it's interesting that Guan Yin, the Bodhisattva of compassion is she who hears that it is in the act of hearing of, of, uh, and allowing oneself to take in what one hears that awakening leading to compassion comes. So that might be something you think about during this retreat to 
lower the intensity of the other senses to fast in the ways we're talking about to allow the silence so that your hearing becomes that way in which you receive the noble guest the tradition talks about three levels of hearing the first is um, not surprisingly with the ear and that's the the physical act of hearing that involves sound waves and um, eardrums and electrical impulses and um, neurons firing in the brain and all of that and then the ways that we the stories we tell the ways we interpret the sounds so that's hearing with the ear and then there is hearing with the heart mind so not just sound as a kind of physical experience but something that we do allow to enter us to permeate us we welcome in with our heart minds and allow to become part of us and then there's a third level of hearing which is called hearing with the spirit and as i understand that that means as we get deeper into the retreat and things are a little bit off balance which is part of the point um, we're not on our usual balance but things are um, there's more potential things are more open then we might begin to hear without interpretation sound might exist just in and of itself and we might hear it without being a hearer there might just be hearing going on without an agent of that hearing or even a location of that hearing so that sound without story sound without label sound purely itself uninhibited by us and hearing without a hearer without a location without an interpretive faculty meet somehow and become one thing what's that what kind of welcome and joining with the noble guest could that be it's just something to think about and to carry forward with you there's a clue in that to another sense of the noble guest the noble guest could be who you could be the noble guest could be what suzuki shunryu called your inmost request is what you might be when uninhibited what you might be when in the shelter of the shrine what's that we have this extraordinary opportunity these days to explore that because you don't have to do anything else there's nothing else going on so who's that and maybe as we begin to explore that it will occur to us that we and the noble guest are not separate we are one thing 
we are the same thing we are welcoming back to ourselves that which we push away or that from which we are distracted in our ordinary lives we are allowing ourselves to be completed in a retreat like this how great is that so we will struggle difficult things will come up we'll have to figure out how to attend to them and work with them but what I want to suggest is you hold not that as the purpose for being here but you hold as the purpose for being here that possibility of completing yourself with the noble guest the old teacher said I sheltered myself not I took shelter I sheltered myself in an ancient shrine what is the nature of that self that is sheltered we can just eliminate right now so that we don't have to think about it anymore the um, the partial self the constructed self the self that's telling the story the self that carries all of our habitual ways of doing things and thinking about things it's probably not that okay so what is it what is that self that can be sheltered in the old shrine what is that self that meets the noble guest and sees a face no different than her own what is that so these are my invitations to you for these days do some fasting do some listening do some exploration of what that completed self might be don't spend your time doing all the stuff you can do any other time do something different do something beautiful do something that makes the world this tender wounded chaotic painful gorgeous poignant world infinitesimally better because you did it on these days do something you can bring back to that world because you really got it you took the time you didn't let yourself get distracted you didn't let yourself fall into the grooves of habit and usuality you let something else happen you took shelter in the old shrine you welcomed the noble guest something got completed and that something is something we can take back into the world and that's tremendously important these talks are made available through your donations to cloud dragon the joan sutherland dharma works to learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.